Hi, David. What's up, dog? How are you, man? Oh, I'm great. And yourself? I'm good. I like I like when we record a few episodes at the same time because that typically means we wait longer between our sessions to record. Yeah, we get two and weeks I, off, and yeah, that's and nice. I feel like it it builds up more intrigue as to what we've been up to. Like, yeah. I, I, I have things I want to know about you, and if we kept talking, if we kept doing an hour, you know, every week, it, it I, I like the change in pace. We're going yeah, J.K. That. Rowling's with the pace here, just J. all J.K. Rowling's, yeah, the author of Lord of the Rings, and let me tell you something about J.K. Yeah, J.K. <laughs> Rowling also wrote the Beverly Cleary books, I believe. Oh, was that what it is? Yeah. Okay, because I thought you were going to say he, he wrote those stupid Hobbit books, but no, J.K. Rowling's wrote... The Rings, and then Rowlings wrote The Hobbit, and then uh, uh, Rollins did the motivational speaking. Yeah, and and Rollins then also starred in Bad Boys Two, and then Rollins was in Bad Boys Two. Yes, he yeah. was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we talking about old Henry. We talking you know, about old Henry. There's a movie coming out, which it can be. As bad as any movie ever has been, and I will love it. And that is Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh, yeah. Bill and Ted Face the Green Screen. I cannot wait to see it. I I don't know about you. I was raised on the Bill and Ted movies. Like, oh, yeah. Memorized. It was, for me, my my defining movies growing up were Wayne's World 1 and 2 Classics. and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey. Okay, I'm a little upset that there's no Billy Madison or Tommy Boy or Beverly Hills Ninja or Police Squad in there, but that's fine. Those are four I great appreciated movies. those, but that was not like family canon. And like in high school, yeah, we got more into um Tommy Boy and Billy Madison, but yeah. nothing nothing is as close to me as Bill and Ted and Wayne's World. Uh, yes, those were definitely staples in my life as well. And the turtles, as you can see, there's a shredder poster back there, more turtle posters over there. And I got the Bill and Ted posters there. Nice. Yeah, nice, nice. is right, baby. Yeah, uh, turtles was also a big part. I feel like turtles was a part of my childhood, but then once I started thinking things were cool, that's when I... <laughs> Damn. Well, no, no, no. Like, I mean, like, you're an age where it's just like, hey, trains. And for me, it was like trains and turtles. Like, Okay, so you were still in high school. Because that's how the Hardy Boys are. College. That was when I was – I switched my major. (laughs) Because I don't know if you got to that chapter yet, but there is a chapter where they discuss how they are still obsessed with trains. And no matter what they're doing, if they hear a train, they will stop everything just to run towards the train watch it and and talk about hey where do you think that train came from you know if i didn't if i didn't love trains so much myself i would laugh harder at them (laughs) but not only do i love trains to the point where for my birthday a few years ago jesse surprised me with a train trip it's an awesome um, while we were in denver yeah um but i have on more than one occasion, heard a train, and then <laughs> sprinted into my basement to get my drone to go fly that. to look at the train. Yeah. So, well, hey, I'm still a sucker tw- for a train set. So, yeah, hundred years later, I'm yeah. still I'm still <laughs> with the Hardy Boys. Trains <laughs> trains are pretty cool. Do you remember the train sets that you could actually put? Um, I don't know what it was. It was maybe some sort of oil that actually caused smoke to come out the top of the train. 
Yeah. Those were awesome. Yeah. Give we me had, one of my, those. My little brother was was in the model trains quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and he he had obviously Brio trains, like the wooden trains, like the toy. Yeah, the cheese. Growing up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, yeah, Brio Larson. He had a bunch of those. <laughs> and Allison Brio. And Are you talking about Rodney James Brio? Think young, Rodney James Brio. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did I take it too far? I don't know if there is taking it too far. But continue. He had the Brio. Yeah, the Brio, the and then RGB. we had we had an HO set and uh, an I. They, they were, there were several that we had Lionel trains. Um, we had quite a few, thanks to my little brother. And Was and the was... HO set hot and dirty? Uh, no. No, okay. No, Just it was dirty? Not. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to think of what Was it scale. cheap or expensive? Uh, it is middle of the road. I think I think there were some cheap cars, some expensive cars. Okay, so you, you felt safe driving it. Yes. Yes, I did. Okay, that's all that matters. <laughs> I couldn't really fit in them exactly. <laughs> oh, where have we gone? Mm. <laughs> um, I would like to address our listeners. Uh, I, I'm not sure if Keith put it up on our Instagram, but... I issued a public apology, and by issued a public apology, I mean I texted you, Brett, and Keith. Yes. For the plosives in our last two episodes, as I was listening to them in my car, which is not something I often do, but it was so deafening every time I, I said anything with a P in it, and especially as we were talking about private browsing and Parmesan's <laughs> Pizzeria, I'm sitting there having a headache in my car, so... Uh, as you can see in the video, if you're watching, I've invested in a pop filter. It looks nice. For my... Yeah. I, Look at that I, thing. I had like the big circle one, but I thought it would obscure so much of my face um, that it that was would a good call, actually. render video uh, bad. So yeah. this is what we're working with, and I feel good about it. Yeah. Well, you're a P-man. Everyone knows that. So it's good that you do have that, because those P's are always popping. Yeah. I got popping P's as a P-man. You got popping P's as a P-man. <laughs> Positively, my friend. <laughs> Compadre, <laughs> compadre, I like that. Hey, but partner, you, you, you could have just called me. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. You got partner. That's what I was gonna suggest. I'm so excited for our live show. It's gonna be a great one. It's gonna be a great one. I I want to be honest with our listeners. I am a tad nervous, not only for what you and I will do with our portions of the evening, right? But I really want to line up a lot more gigs. And right now, I feel like we have uh, two, maybe three acts. And I would like to see that balloon to 15. Yeah, I have one person who's a maybe. And then I have Brett Hoy, who when I texted him about it, well, it was actually a voice message of, I think, mainly me screaming at him. I think he said, I already told Sean yes, so I'm in. Which I was like, yeah, but are you going to do the video I asked you to do? Or what's going on with that? And I don't know. So, Brett, this is uh, me asking you now, live. Are you doing that video I asked? Because it'd be funny. Brett is one of two friends that I have. Uh, the other being Allison, who has done stand-up comedy at both of our live shows. Yeah. Um, Brett and Allison are just, I feel like, either incapable or just unwilling to say no 
to dumb favors that I ask of them, like putting in way too much friend. time into something. Yeah. Um, like with a Hardy and Sons live show, with a, like my Frisbee team videos and stuff like that. Like there's so many little side projects and things that both of them have helped on. Um, yeah. And I, I was about to text Brett, but I feel like I have too many things hanging in the air right now uh, with him already that I've asked of him. But I was thinking, I keep going on walks with my son, and he, he's now of the age where, like, if he holds my hand, we can, like, walk a mile. Like, we'll walk to the park. It's Ooh, very wow. cute. It's it's amazing. He holds my finger, and it's, like, yeah. the most rewarding thing in the world. Um, and I thought, man, it'd be great to have, like, a video of this professionally shot. Like, get some tracking ah. shots, get some wides, get some... Yeah. Fa- like, produce it well. And I'm like, I wonder if I could ask Brett to... Like, take some time. Take, I mean, the walks can't last that long because he doesn't have the energy. Uh, not Brett, but my son. <laughs> but, I mean, it'd be like a 30-minute commitment. I'm like, I wonder how much he would charge me to to film a cinematic I don't know, How much vlog. does he charge for that crusty lasagna? That's the question. <laughs> Just go by those prices. I mean, he, he should deals, do it for free. He deals should exclusively be no in lasagna currency. <laughs> yeah. See, I thought you were going to say, like you're saying... Uh, do you think you he were just gonna has ask... lasagna noodles in his wallet? Well, yeah, of course. opens it up and pulls yeah. out dry but lasagna. The thing is, I think it's counterfeit lasagna. I don't think it's real lasagna. <laughs> even... I think this man is making fake lasagna. <laughs> My God. Garfield wouldn't eat that lasagna. And to me, that's the lasagna test. It needs that. It needs to have sauce. He's sauceless. It needs to pass that Garfield test. It's all about the Garfield test. It's like, you know, AI has the uh, turned test and Brett Hoy has the Garfield test. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. But I did think you were going to say you were going to ask Brett to walk hand in hand with you because you realized how small your your child's hands were. You wanted to see what it would be like for an adult child's hands. So, you know, <laughs> I, I have limits on how much I can pile on to Brett, and you don't. And that's... Like that's Bradley Cooper, I'm limitless, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, my, my limit... It's like Chris O'Donnell is vertical. Okay, bring in Bill Paxton. Mm. The, yeah. <laughs> see, I don't know enough about Vertical Limit. It's been far too long since I've watched that movie. But see, I was gonna say, like Chris O'Donnell, you've been <laughs> robbing Brett Hoy. I'll, yeah, I like that. That's good too. Uh, thank I mean, you. That's, I think there's only one other thing that Chris O'Donnell do, had has done, and that's the uh, my best friend's wedding or the bachelor or something he's like a uh he's a bachelor and all these women find out so they're chasing him throughout the whole movie i think he's rich maybe he's a prince or something i don't know his early 2000s yeah i guess have you watched there's there's an amazing amazing netflix show called love on the spectrum have you seen this? Seen this? Have, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? Uh, no, I have not seen or heard about it. It's a show about. It's a dating show with uh, people who've been diagnosed with autism. Yeah, and their their experience dating and some of the struggles that they have with it and things like that. Um, it's adorable. It is like. They, are they, they put up against other autistic people, or are they just dating? I'm going anyone? to I'm gonna push back on 
on your phrasing of are they put up against <laughs> other <laughs> Okay, you, yeah, you're right. I will answer the question that many of them are interested in dating people who are also on the spectrum. Okay, so they are uh, arranging dates. Because I imagine it's the show arranging the dates. They're saying, hey, we want to match a, a, this person a, with this person. A little Not, bit, but it's also looking – it's more of a documentary almost, looking at some uh, agencies and organizations that are offering services to people on the spectrum and then as an extension of that they have like meet and greet nights and singles nights and things like that for their participants um to meet each other and and things like that yeah Um, but there during one of the dates in the first or second episode we were watching last night uh the guy asks how old the girl is she says her age and then he's like have you had your birthday yet she says no so he's like so you're 21 you're not yet 22. That means you were born in 1997, the year Men in Black came out. Yeah, that guy's a winner. That's yeah. who I would choose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, what a fantastic. So as you say, like, early 2000s, Chris O'Donnell. Like, I like that encyclopedic knowledge. Uh, <laughs> the I feel year like Men in Black. Dude, that's a great movie to come out in 97, too. Instead of this whole, like, AD and BC for years, I think it should be before Men in Black and after <laughs> Men in Black. A- A-M-I-B and B-M-I-B. B-M-I-B. I like the sound of that. I was born in 17 uh, B-M-I-B. I was also born B-M-I-B. Jeez, that is a mouthful, isn't it? Because I want to go B-I-M-B. But you'd be wrong. I want to go Bimb. That's before In Men Black. Be- <laughs> which is which is entirely different. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's not something you want to Google. No, um, stay away. <laughs> speaking of, let's. Uh, no, we're not going to Google that. Uh, so we've been reading a book. We have three chapters to cover this episode. We do have three chapters. Um, three. They they were chapters. They two of them were. <laughs> oh, well, does this end on the chapter I think it ends on? Yeah. With so perhaps so the, the Big Lebowski subplot. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we ended with plan of action when they decided they were gonna try to go poke around the mill a little bit and maybe talk to Lester. And uh, so the three chapters we're covering are what Lester said, which is chapter seventeen. Yeah. Uh, suspicious. Ooh, I, t- I take it whatever Lester said was suspicious. Uh, and then the rug buyer. <laughs> That's so good. The ru- It's exactly what you think it is. I feel like in... It is a purchase of a rug. Not yeah. once. Not just one time, but two times we hear about the purchase of this rug. There's people who in... In argument, in, de- in debate, you know, in deep discussions, they'll say things when they're being methodical and, and thoughtful about an argument. And they'll say something like, well, this is like, you know, in Romeo and Juliet, Act 3, Scene 5, when, you know, and like there's these... Yeah, when Hamlet m- appears Yeah, as a and ghost fights Dumbledore. And fights Dumbledore, yeah. <laughs> the... <laughs> uh, I feel like... In the same way, people should be like, I mean, well, this is a classic case of Hardy Boys Book 3, Chapter 19, The Rug Buyer. This is The Rug Buyer all over again. This is 
a Rugbyrian <laughs> tale. I like that. Like Rugby- Shakespearean, but Rugbyrian. Yeah, that's good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you should. I mean, I'm telling you, we should write a Hardy Boys book one of these days. It's got to happen. And that will be a chapter title or a character's name. You yeah, mark that's my fine. words. Yeah. Marked. Marked. Thank marked you. Marked with an extra E on the end of it. No, I'm saying your name is Mark My Words. I know. You, I, you and are I'm mark saying Mawords. later in this book, yeah. in one of these chapters, he uses the expression, I think, Mark My Word, but it's M A R K E. Yeah, it is. On. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. I well, let's that. not waste any more time. Let's get right into Good this Good segue. Guy. Thank you. Uh, chapter 17. 17. What, what Lester, Lester said. said. Uh, so when we last left them, the boys had decided they're going to go to the old mill. Now they're going to the old mill. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, their plan is let's go fishing because A... That'll be like a good alibi of like, hey, we're just fishing on the river. We're not being detectives. Yeah, we're not sleuthing. And B, fishing's fun, and there's good fishing in the pool at the bottom of the mill race. Yeah. And Everyone the idea knows that. that, I guess, fishing, just like, um, oh, man, how am I forgetting? Jean-Claude Van Damme in uh, Street Fighter takes you up rivers, Okay. So that's what they're doing. They're going to go fishing so they can slowly move yeah. up rivers. It's a, it's a great uh, decoy. Yes. It's a, it's a great front. Um, however, fishing, what they don't really discuss in this, uh, is it's so boring. Okay, yeah. There, there is a moment, too, where they are upset because someone is not enjoying fishing as much as them. Well, let, let's <laughs> get into it. Borderline insane. And so to to, to also to, just see so the more I read these old versions, the more I relate them to Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Okay. Do you see oh. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is they're definitely making some serial killers here. They are definitely making some making a murderer Hardy Boys edition, but on the Hardy Boys. They had brought fishing poles and fishing tackle with them. We might as well enjoy ourselves while we're on the trip, Frank said in making this suggestion. Uh, besides, it gives us an excuse for being near the mill. There was always good fishing down by the pool near the mill race. Um, so they came out of the woods, and by the time they had come within sight of the mill, Frank had caught two fish. And Joe had caught one. <laughs> you know the one that Joe caught was the little small one, like the little tiny little bass. And, and the one and, that, that Frank caught had Frank's lure and also Joe's fish in its <laughs> mouth. Yeah. You know Joe's not throwing it back either. He takes great pride in his little fish. He eats it raw right there. <laughs> yeah. Pops it like Ursula in the Little Mermaid. Because it's a goldfish, essentially. Man could just down it. One bite. One bite, Joe. Uh, The mill wheel was revolving slowly, and they could hear the muffled sound of machinery in the building. Uh, Down by the pool, they could see a lone figure moving about. Well, I believe that's Lester, exclaimed Joe. Mm. Uh, And then uh, Frank says, oh, that's who it is, all right. And he's fishing, too. Yeah. (laughs) So instantly tons to talk about a lot in common yeah we've got fish 
You got fish. They both have rods. Tackle, uh, probably. Tackle, yeah, most likely tackle. I always did two-touch fishing. You did two-touch fishing? Yeah, instead of tackle. Is that like tackle. football? Oh, mm-hmm. nice. I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. That's it's good. It's fine. I'm well a dad, done. and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Good dad joke. That, that was, yeah. Uh, I'm upset I didn't catch it. Lester was standing on the bank of the pool, a fishing rod in his hand. But he did not seem to be very enthusiastic about the sport. Sport. (laughs) For there was little eagerness in his expression as he eyed the motionless float on the top of the water. So he was not excited that his float was motionless. My he dad just stood there. My dad is a fisherman and likes fishing and spends time He likes the like, lunkers. He he yeah, Lulu the lunker, he's into it. Yeah. Uh, he spends some time in the evenings relaxing by like preparing his lures and and things like that and then he likes Little to fly just tire. Yeah, he's he's got a lake house, he's retired and he likes to go on the dock and just fish for a while or take his dog out in the boat and just go fish. Yeah. Uh, and I I get that at that age, yeah. But it is so mind-numbingly boring yeah. to go fishing. And for me, if you do it right and you catch a fish, that's not a good thing for me. Like that's not a I don't want to have a live animal dangling in in the air in front of me not wanting to be there that's not that's not success in a situation that's not like catching a touchdown in football or something like yeah we did it it's more like what now like okay i need to not let this thing die that's my priority what what if they were reversed though what if in fishing you caught footballs and in football you threw live fish so you you enjoy fishing more than (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i i bring all this up to say that a few weeks ago i got to see my dad and and we went down to his lake house and he was fishing and i wanted to take some photos i had my 200 to 600 millimeter lens yeah i was ready to there were no birds anywhere oh that's Uh, not good for you yeah yeah, I i was not happy about that um but my dad who loves fishing and who spends a lot of spare time preparing to fish when he's not fishing also had very little eagerness in his expression. <laughs> like, that's what fishing is. And I think if you have a huge grin on your face while you're just watching a line in the water, you have, you have other issues that need to be dealt with. I agree if you're, with If that you're fishing 100%. properly, you shouldn't be happy. <laughs> no, it's supposed to be, you shouldn't be relaxing, I guess, of like, yeah. hey, I'm going to go out, I'm going to sit down or stand in water, depending on what kind of fishing you're doing, I'm just going to throw this line and just reel it in. It's like sewing. No one sits there and sews, and it's just like, oh. I'm having a great time. Or it's, I, it's I, would even liken it, I would even liken it to something like riding a bike. We're like, yeah, feel the breeze. You're just sort of you know going around, around a park, just relaxing, not pedaling hard or anything. You shouldn't have a look of eagerness on your <laughs> face. That's when that's when you get to get kicked Did, out of the park. Now that I think about it, what activity is it okay to have an eager look on your face the entire time of doing it? Uh, I got nothing off the top of my head. Yeah, there is none. If you're too eager about any activity, you're a crazy person. I think if you're trying something for the first time and you're surprised 
by how much fun you're having, then it's okay. Like the first yeah, but time how long you does ride that a bike. Last? Not long. That's what I'm exactly. saying. Exactly. Yeah, you, you, I'm sure so yeah, you s- could smile around me for about 10 seconds, but if you're still smiling, I'm going to judge you. Okay, you got to be unhappy. The first time my son catches a fish, I expect him to be elated. That's that's going to be fine. Yeah. If he's 18 and like, oh, dad, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Dad, dad, I did it. That's Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm just going to Fredo him in the boat. <laughs> uh, they do that in South Park. Cartman takes out Kyle. And uh, he brings a bat, but the only bat he can get is a wiffle ball bat. So it's just him just smacking Kyle for an hour straight. I remember it's, that. It's pretty great at Stark's Pond. Uh, hello. Hello, Lester. Any luck? Not yet. I don't care for fishing anyway. Good man. That's Lester. He just upset the Hardys. He is now suspect number one. <laughs> yeah, this is the next chapter. In su- chapter suspicions is all about why wasn't Lester into fishing? Yeah. What's did he you, trying to hide? Did you see what he was using as bait? Looked like a five dollar bill to me. <laughs> Everyone knows he used night crawlers. Yeah, that, that was a bad joke. Um, <laughs> there's supposed to be plenty of fish in this pool. Frank told him. I suppose so. I've caught quite a few. So he has had luck. Yeah, more than Joe. <laughs> Way more. He's got a few. Joe's like, yeah, you're darn right you didn't catch any. He's like, well, not much luck. I just got these. It just pulls out nine. <laughs> just a net that's breaking under My God, that's a plate. shark. <laughs> How did you catch a shark in a river? Yeah, they're not yeah, native to this area. Uh, He's that's been a salty in the water himself. <laughs> <laughs> just the next time they see him, he's just chumming up the water with all these yeah. <laughs> ground-up animal parts. Uh, so they get into this discussion with him of like, well, uh, Lester's like, hey, do you guys go to school? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, awesome. Oh, so sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's sweet. Every day? And they're like, well, not Saturdays and Sundays, but, but yeah. And they're like, oh. I wish I could go to school. You fellas are lucky. Um, so we then paint this sad, sad picture of Lester's life with Uncle Doc, who's been taking care of him for the past year. Yeah. Uh, who beats him. Which, it's, dude, it's my favorite line in this book. Only because how it's followed up. Uh, is this the, he boxed my ears? Is Bottom that... of page 138. So to bring us up to this point, they're asking about the mill and like, hey, did you ever see any machinery go in? Have you seen them do any breakfast food stuff? And they're like, no, everything happens in this back room. Uh, no grain comes in, no anything. And two small packages go out a couple times a week or something like that. That's, yeah. that's the extent of what's happening. So the boys are like, okay, they're probably not doing this serial patent technology, something or other. Um, but th- they're asking more about uh, Uncle Doc, and the uh, what does it look like? Uh, I've never seen it. It's in a stone room, and they keep the door locked all the time. This is Lester speaking. Uncle Doc boxed my ears once when he saw me near the door. And Frank's follow-up question is, have you ever seen any of the breakfast food? 
Okay, and I want to pause there yeah. and say that we start officially the Hardy and Sons drinking game, where anytime Frank or Joe mention the words breakfast food, you have to take a drink of whatever it is that you want to drink. I've got an Americano here. I've got a water bottle. So uh, anytime breakfast food comes up, which it just we already don't. missed a. But what does he make? Breakfast food. Yeah. Um. So, but I like this where he's like, "My uncle hit me when I got close to the door," and they're like, "But was there breakfast food? <laughs> Have you ever seen any of the breakfast food?" Do you like mean, he, like, do they feed me breakfast? No, I'm not allowed to eat. I have to catch my fish to eat. He cuffed me in the ear really hard. Uh, yeah, but did he, like, have breakfast food on his hand <laughs> yeah. when he cuffed you? Was his hand dipped in oatmeal to soften the blow? Uh, is he good to you? Sometimes. But he won't let me go to school or have any friends. And if I don't do just as he says, he beats me. What did he do when he lived in Washington, inquired Joe? Did he make breakfast food there too? <laughs> <laughs> this kid this kid is asking for help. He's asking to be rescued from his abusive uncle. This is a very real situation and these detective boys are somehow missing the clues yeah. that Lester needs help. Lester needs <laughs> Lester needs to get out of this life situation, get into school, fish less. And yes. be more excited about fishing when he does. <laughs> I did. I did write uh, so sensitive about the boys. Yeah. Anytime he tries to open up, it's just immediately switched to food, to this darn breakfast food. Yeah. Well, he didn't do very much of anything. He used to go out at night and leave me all alone. Sometimes he wouldn't come back until nearly morning. And he's never told you anything about the breakfast food. <laughs> That's the line in the book. This isn't me this doing is a bit. This is legitimately how it's written. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think the breakfast food is only mentioned in this chapter, oh, baby. oh, you are in for a surprise, my friend. It is never ending. Uh, the Hardy Boys it. looked at one, one. The Hardy Boys looked at one another significantly. Was the patent breakfast food enterprise <laughs> legitimate or illegitimate? <sighs> there is. Did you think that's the only mention of breakfast food on this page? Oh, heavens no. Oh, heavens no is correct, Sean. So he keeps saying that uh, my uncle says that one day we'll be rich and then I can have all the friends I want. Well, he must expect the breakfast food to be a success. <laughs> 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 no, some people tried to sell grain to him, but he wouldn't buy it. Then what is he making the breakfast food out of? <laughs> this is real. Sean, stop making this up. This is straight out of the book. It needs to be known. I am flabbergasted by the amount of, of uh, breakfast food drops they have. Yeah. So finally, uh, th this conversation goes on and they discover, like, you know, the whole mill isn't being used. It's just this one little back room where there was some new machinery that went in. Um, and then Uncle Doc comes uh -oh. out. Lester, he bellowed angrily. Uh, come up here a minute, ordered the old man. He left the door and came down the slope toward the river. Um, and so he beats him. Yeah. Giving Lester a cuff on the side of the head. 
Yeah. How often have I told you not to be talking to strangers? Um, so he, he's also yelling at the Hardy Boys, you know, what are you doing loafing around here? We're not loafing. We've been fishing in the river, said Frank. Which I would also say that that also relates to breakfast food. The fishing or the no, loafing? No, loafing. Yeah. Yeah. Just throwing uh, it out there. Not that it is any of your business, so far as I can see. And this this reminded me of when uh, when they first ran into uh, Felix... Snapman? Snackley, yeah, Snackman. When he has a gun, and they, like, pull into that little, you know, hole in the side of the cliff in their boat, and they, yeah. like, yell at this guy and, like, hey, it's a free country, buddy. And, like, he's yeah. this guy's pointing a revolver at them. Yeah. Uh, this is a man who's fine beating assaulting children. children yeah and they're picking this fight with him As armed only with with three fish i'll yeah, mark one my... small it can make it take your eyes out that's uh, not any of your business as far as i can see said frank i'll market my business thundered uncle doc and this is mark with an e i love thundered uncle doc i want everything that you know, I say if I'm ever quoted, I want it to say thundered, David Pitt. I also imagine like like an anime, the background just, you know, fades to something and like he enters this super Saiyan slow stage. state of yeah. Yeah. Of thunder <laughs> thunder mode. Or he could turn into a cat. Yeah. Like anamorphs. Like a thundered anamorph, yep. The river is free, Joe reminded him. <laughs> Uh, so, well, don't talk to him again. I don't want to mix it up with all the riffraff out of the country. Ooh. Talking to every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes around, I'll thank you to stay away from here after this. With that, Uncle Doc went away, and that ends the chapter. Yeah, ending on a high note there. Um, suspicions I want to blaze through and just get to the last chapter. We'll, we'll go through suspicions quickly and take a break. Yeah, there's only a few decent parts yeah. in this. Uh, so suspicions is when they're back, they, they've left and they're just talking about, you know, well, it sucks. We can't go back there again because he saw us. Uncle Doc saw them right. uh, and had the confrontation. So they'll know, he, you know, it'll be aggressive if they go back for any reason. So they start to follow some other leads, but they find themselves, like you said, distracted at a train station. Yes. Hysterically. Um, if you want to give us that sweet, sweet train scene. Ooh. Hold on, I have got to 146, find it. middle of 146. Oh, so this is after they got home, went to the gymnasium, had an impromptu boxing match, and finally, after a shower bath, went down the street. Yes. Yes. This okay. is after that. Like most boys, they had a weakness for trains. There was a fascination about the great locomotives that held them spellbound as they. Uh, as they liked nothing better than to watch the trains that passed through Bayport and to speculate on the towns and cities they had come from and were bound for. Which, yes, I get that. At, time, uh, at times when school became exceptionally distasteful, they had often gone down to the railway station and wished they could board the first train that came by to travel on to some strange countries. Somehow, they had never been so daring as to do this. Hmm. Common sense invariably coming to the rescue. 
but the lure of locomotives and shining rails still had them in its grasp. So anything shiny, essentially. Um, yeah. They're like cats. Indeed. Show them something shiny, give them a laser pointer, and we'll uh, get them. Yeah, so, so, they're, so they're into trains, uh, hypnotically like trains. so. And uh, they moved down the street toward the station, came out on the platform just as the express was pulling in. By the way, getting on a train and heading to some strange country, when you live in America, that's not really an option. Like, I don't know if they think they're going to board this train outside of New York and end up in Cairo. strange. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But all this this goes to say that as they're standing there, they see Markle. Good old Markle from the mill who gives a package to a guy on the train, and he's sort of shifty about it. Um, And you could tell, Joe agreed, that Markle had something on his conscience when he handed that package over. He looked mighty shifty about it. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'll bet dollars to donuts that there's counterfeit money in that package instead of breakfast food. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, oh, there's, boys. There's also, uh, oh, wait, Do we, what page are you on? Uh, I'm blazing through. I just turned to 150, but that was from 149. Yeah, on 148, uh, there is, what do you make of that, Frank? Marco must have passed on a sample of the new breakfast food. He seemed mighty secretive about it. I'll say he did. You think it was a bomb he was handing over instead of breakfast food? <laughs> I didn't realize how intense the usage of breakfast it's, food was is, until you pulled this back. It is everywhere. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they meet up with Dad, but they decide not to let Dad know yet that they've been working on this. Yes. Um, so strangely, they, they said, let's wait till we have more concrete evidence. Cause all they really have is mounting suspicions. Right. Uh, and that's it. So, uh, in the end they're saying, you know, Hey, we could have something on this case. And Mrs. Hardy is like, Oh, don't encourage them. Fenton nonsense. Laura, he replied, if they want to be detectives and if they have the talent for it, he might as well try to keep water from running downhill as to stop them. I like that. That's how I feel about our podcast. Yeah, we got to keep water from running downhill. I was just saying we have such a natural talent for this. Well, yeah, we are given. so, so good at this. Yeah. And I mean, clearly if we one want of us be... is better than the other, according to a recent poll. But I'm not even worried about I don't even think about that anymore. I haven't thought about that since you know, the last time I thought about it. Yeah. It was a long time ago. If I reread this and replace detectives with podcasters, it reads like this. If they want to be podcasters, and if they have the talent for it, you might as well try to keep water from running downhill as to stop them. Yeah. That's just powerful. That's an Instagram post That's right there. That's powerful stuff. That's a pillow. Someone, yeah, That's that an embroidered pillow, pillow if I've ever seen one. Yes, that needs to happen. Come on, uh, son. And then that ends the chapter Suspicions. We're going to take a quick break and then finish with the rug buyer. Ooh, now we're talking. We'll see you in a minute. See you in a minute. Would it surprise you to know that that ad was written by someone else? Uh, as in, like, Brett Hoy wrote that ad? Brett Hoy wrote that ad. Yeah. You know how I know that Brett Hoy wrote that ad? How did you know that Brett Hoy wrote that ad? 
because he just doesn't understand people. Did, oh, no. You know what I'm saying? Humans don't speak like that. Did he not say uh, breakfast food enough times to he sound like say, a real listen, human? First of all, I say you're darn tootin' way more than that. <laughs> it should have been should have been in the ad six or seven times. <laughs> yeah. And we've already done the Anchorman joke. You know, it's just like Brett Hoy to rely on stealing people's materials because he can't come up with his own jokes. I mean, not to slam the guy. Yeah, obviously <laughs> not to slam him. Yeah, part. so we talked earlier ad. about Brett and the favors I've asked of him, and uh, I asked him, will you write us a, an ad for Anchor? And he sent this. You could have had me say anything, and that's what you chose. I did. Yeah, I had a lot of talking points. I, I like think, that. I think he understood one-sided. that this is one of those areas where when we're technically beholden to the advertiser for only these few moments, maybe we shouldn't be uncouth. Yes. I feel like to, to say Brett could have made you say anything, but yes. are those things advertiser friendly is the question. And the answer is no. Well, he could have had me say something like, oh, it's like Brett Hoy, that man who is more masculine than I. Did he not? Was that not in there? <laughs> I think it was rewritten. Yeah. Oh, wait. You uh, know what? It's right here. Yeah. I skipped oh, over that part. Oh, there it is. Part. There it is. Yeah. Oh, I maybe actually, that was supposed to be in my improvisation. That was your improvisation. Yes. And the whole Cats thing. I can't believe he wrote that. That was hysterical. Yeah. I panicked there. Uh, I did not read this ahead of time, and I oh. almost just – so my line was improvise, and I almost said the word, and then I was like, no, nah, I should, should probably, probably improvise. improvise something. Yeah. And then after his improv sequence, mine just went straight into dialogue. It didn't say David replies to improv. It just gave me my dialogue line. Yeah. Uh, we were maybe. poorly directed. We were poorly directed. I would say maybe during the live show, we have a Q&A with the writer <laughs> oh about the ad. Really dive into it. Yeah, uh, I actually Get some questions that. answered. There will probably be three people caught up to the show by the time we do the live show, too. So no one's going to know said ad, which is going to be even funnier to me. Also, if we... Uh, if we let this ad, you know, hang out for a month and then replace it with a new ad, as we've been trying to keep our ads somewhat fresh, yeah, um, there's a good chance that I mean, if you download this episode in a month from now, it's not going to have that ad in it. It replaces the ad automatically with the newest one. That is hysterical. So right now, this ad that we're talking about that we just recorded in one month could be a different ad, so no one will know what ad we're talking about. Yeah. Amazing. We're taking we're taking a risk that someone's going to find this podcast later and listen to the back catalog. Which <laughs> <laughs> apparently be... they start with season one, they'll get four episodes in and be like, This show's not that good. And even though we tell them, start with season two. But you know what? I've been thinking we could take the back catalog, all of season one, take it off of the app. Put it into a digital folder that if you want season one, you have to purchase it. Oh, that way no one will listen to it. That way no one listens to it, but it's not deleted. It's just, uh, you know, you have to pay 99 cents to get all of season one. Two days ago, I recorded a new episode for my personal podcast, 
uh, yeah. the Colonel Sean podcast, and it's all about politics and sort of my open musings about where do I stand politically and what do I want. Um, and it's not about any specific candidate, but about sort of what are my guiding principles politically for who I want to be and, and what I want this country to be. Right. And I preface that all by saying, it's nice that I can have this podcast to record this on because it's a good place to keep secrets because no one listens to it. Oh, uh, nice. That's like, sad. It has. It's sad, but it's also kind of convenient. We're like, I know if I put something on YouTube, it's going to be seen by thirty people. Yeah, and and then that's thirty people who might be angry about it and stuff. As where my podcast, maybe two. One of them yeah. is me, and the other so, one is. Yeah, <laughs> a glitch. It being downloaded to someone's device and never played. Who is listening to me in Singapore? Your one listener. Somebody. He just enjoys your your tones. Or doesn't he, even speak English. Doesn't speak English. Yeah, doesn't just enjoys it, your, just your likes dulcet the rich tones. Tombra of my yeah. voice. Rich Tombra. That's a good fake name. I wonder if someone's used that before. It's too obvious. Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh. Rich and Tom, bros. Rich Tom bros. Rich and Tom, bro. <laughs> Dude, yeah, right? Uh, it's a series. Um, let's write, take... write that sitcom, and we'll film it. Before, or not. Just bef- write it. Yeah. Before we get uh, into chapter 19, I wanted to uh, do the thing we do where we go through our Reddit real quick and share uh, some of the highlights, and we're done. Okay, yeah. I was going to... Yeah, okay. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, that, that upsets me. Uh, so, have you been on the Reddit? Did you know that no posts had been there? Uh, no, but I figured you were going to say that. And did, I, I don't know what Reddit I is. I take that back. I take that back. There is... It, let me let me pull up my Reddit. Hang on. Uh, it's a post from you, though, is it not? It's not. Oh. Um, let me let me share my screen. Do we here. have a bite? Uh, da, 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 da. Um. Hardy and Sons podcast. Uh, whoops, Hardy boys. Let's go Hardy and Sons podcast. Yeah. And in the lounge here, we have one comment, which is from Fenton Hardy one that says, I'm listening to the latest radio show on my way back from the city. After a long week of sleuthing, this is quite enjoyable. Great stuff, fellas. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Do you think it is the Fenton Hardy? Uh, yeah. I clicked on the uh, profile here, and this is the only thing they've ever done, is they joined on August 10th and posted this on the same day. Okay, so this is clearly either you or Brett Hoy. It's not me. It's not you. It's not me. Well, whoever it is, it's not Fenton Hardy either. Okay, hold on. This is a case. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the a case, mystery for us the case to solve. of the anonymous redditor i i am on the case sean by the next episode i will find out who this man is or woman if i had to take a guess i would guess that this is the work of commish you think this is commish i think okay. that this has commish written all over it okay and, and how are you getting these clues um I feel like this takes too much work for Keith to have done. Keith did not do this. There's Keith no way. Keith did not do yeah. this. 
I feel like Brett would have made his own name and commented as a as an honest fan. Yeah, or it would have been written a little dumber, but okay, yeah. But I feel like the the wording of after a long week of sleuthing, this is quite enjoyable. It just rings of commish to me. It rings of commish. Okay, so we're we're breaking down patterns in his speech. Yeah, although commish yes. commish is yes. a writer. He's a really good writer. Um, and I noticed that the last part of this. Here, let me put this back up on the screen for just a sec here. Uh, it says, "Great stuff, fellows." No and, comma. Yeah, there's no direct address comma there. And yeah. I would have thought that a writer would have put a... But maybe he's in character. He could be in character, but Fenton Hardy himself... I mean, he's a grammarman. He's a well-educated man. Okay, he travels the world. He's been to London. If you go to London, you're automatically uh, a scholar. I yeah. Mean, I think that's a fact. Not only that, but uh, he lives a life of refined tastes, including expensive rugs. <laughs> Good segue. Which brings us to... Chapter 19, Chapter 19, the rug, the rug buyer. buyer. It's like a, a a sports game, I believe. Rug rug buyering. Yeah, it's the rugby is short for rug buyer. For rug buyer, that's what I thought. That is exactly what I thought. That's the one where you're on horses. You know, that's how Christopher uh, Reeve got paralyzed playing the rug buyer. Is that right? I thought he was playing Quidditch by flying. Oh, that could have been it. Because he was <laughs> Superman. Uh. So, two days later, an event occurred that brought the activities of the counterfeiters much closer to home. So, in that first sentence of the chapter, we learn that someone's about to have a counterfeit thing happen. Yes, like they've, they've once again removed any suspense or anything about what's going to happen. Like we know. So, Frank and Joe returned from school on Monday afternoon to find their mother in a state of great agitation. Mm. presumably because she was just the victim of a counterfeit. Yes, but. and presumably it dealt with either her buying a rug or someone buying a rug from her, which would make sense because of counterfeiting. Yeah. We are detectives. Look at us. Um, Deductive reasoning. So she gets up, uh, can't even... They're like, what happened? What's wrong? And she can't even find the words yet. She, yeah. got, she got up and walked across the room toward the window. She looked out at the street for a while. <laughs> Then turned to her son. This is great cinema. This is the kind of scene that needs to be shot. Um, your boys and, come home. Your mother is just tearfully crying. She's lost it. Mom, what's wrong? And I want six up, minutes. Stares out the Six window. minutes <laughs> yeah. of action. The boys just keep cutting back <laughs> to the boys, blinking, just waiting. No, no cuts, Sean. This is like a ghost <laughs> story. The one take of someone eating a pie for nine minutes. <laughs> this is a woman staring out of a window while her boys just stand there. I think I've mentioned Still. this on the podcast before, but Clickhole has had a video a few years ago that was, watch what happens. Uh, this it's a, It's a guy, and it's like, Son tells dad he's gay, and then dad eats 12 tacos is the name of the video. (laughs) And the kid tells his dad, he's like, dad, I'm gay. And his dad's like, that's great. I love you, son. I only want happiness for you. And then just slides over this tray (laughs) of tacos and without a single cut, eats 12 tacos, just puts these things down. That is genius. I remember that video. It was pretty funny. Um. So then we get one of the best, best prompts for dialogue. Top, 
top of 153. I've never read a more relatable and better sentence in my life. Go ahead, Mr. Pitt. You didn't see a foreign rug buyer around the streets this afternoon, did you? <laughs> she asked them. <laughs> yeah, I had that underlined too. <laughs> did anyone by chance happen to see a foreign rug buyer around the streets this afternoon? <laughs> well, I saw I saw two rug buyers, but they were domestic. What does a rug buyer look like? <laughs> I guess if you're a rug buyer, you have to be carrying rugs because you had just bought them, right? Yeah. <laughs> but as he goes on to explain, <laughs> just, they they roll themselves up in the rug and then they yeah. like you know how you get get in a barrel and roll down hills. Yeah, <laughs> they do yeah. this with rugs, but, but they then, can't then hide the ask... sombrero. They have to put it. On. <laughs> I think if that were the case, she would say, you didn't see any foreign rugs rolling down the street today with, with people in them, did you? Oh, that is so good. Yeah. Classic Miss Hardy. Uh, so, no, they hadn't. Um, and then, if I may, may I, may I take this paragraph oh, about you may. the rug? Yeah. Oh, yes, you may. It's a great one. The living room floor had been, oh, why you've sold the rug. Uh, he exclaimed in, in surprise. The living room rug had hitherto been covered. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The living room floor had hitherto been covered by a valuable old Persian rug as soft as moss. <laughs> it had been bought by Mr. Hardy when on a trip to the city, but Mrs. Hardy had never cared for it. Fenton Hardy had thought to surprise his wife when he brought the rug home but in a masculine indifference to color schemes, he had neglected to see to it that the rug matched the rest of the room. Its color was not what Mrs. Hardy wanted, inasmuch as the rug had been purchased at an exclusive sale, they had found it impossible to exchange it at the time. Mrs. Hardy had always said that if she had an opportunity, she would get rid of the rug and purchase something different. However, the opportunity was long in coming. Although she had received several offers for it, since that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, none of them had been more, none of them had been for more than $500. And, she said, I refuse to sell a $900 rug for that price. $900 rug. Let's, uh, yeah, let's... do that conversion there. Uh, it's weird. I was just talking to a friend, and he is of Iranian descent. And he was telling me about rugs and uh, how expensive their rugs are, and that a lot of people make money by taking rugs from the area, bringing them over to the. Is that US. why they call them area rugs? Oh, that's a good question. Perhaps. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Adjusted for inflation, $900 in 1927 is equal to $13,000 in 2020. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, What's the average salary for someone in 1927? Oh, yeah. 
getting down to the nitty gritty. Uh, average income in 1927. Uh, average salary was about a hundred dollars a week, although some made considerably less. Yes. Okay. So this is a rug that you walk on, that you yeah. stand on, that takes about two months, a little over two months to afford uh, on the average salary for a rug. And uh, yeah, that's... Uh, so I own a few rugs. I've bought a few rugs. You can see this rug behind me. It's a good rug. Yeah. Ties the room together. Uh, this rug was, I think, $90. And I remember when buying it, I was like, $90? I do not want to spend $90 on yeah. a rug. And when I first read the book here, and it was like a $900 rug, I'm like, oh, my God, who's spending $900 for a rug? Forgetting that that was almost 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And that it's $13,000 in today's money. That's insane. Yeah, it That's is. That's absolutely it is, bonkers. Especially during the time of uh, what they're dealing with, when you could actually help out other people who need it. But no, you're going to spend 13000 when an average person can live off of 100 a week. Well, not even the average person. I'm, I'm sure it was much lower than that for the average person. Yeah, that's what it said. Uh, although some made considerably less. I would say although most made considerably less. Yeah. Uh, so let that deepen the, uh, the illustration of the Hardy family for you. Which Leslie made $100 per book. Yeah. So let wow, that be Wow, that's a good point. That's, yeah. Wow, that's a slap in the face in his own book. Yeah. <laughs> He longed for a rug so badly. <laughs> yeah. Sheila, Sheila was mad at him because he got the wrong uh, Persian rug. Yeah, he was swindled. Yeah. He didn't spend $13,000 on the rugs. He's like, if I get it, you're not going to like the color scheme, and you're just going to want to sell it to a foreign rug buyer. You don't respect my masculine indifference <laughs> to color schemes, Sheila. That is such a great line. I like how they at least had the awareness to recognize that. The masculine awareness, the color schemes? Well, this is the or author. This is the author talking about it and giving Mrs. Hardy the benefit of the doubt. Instead of saying, like, Mrs. Hardy, a woman who got all uppity about rugs, yeah, didn't like it even though it was a perfectly fine rug. Like, I feel like that could be the stereotypical masculine response in 1927 to rug, uh, to interior design, <laughs> uh, interior decorating, as it were. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that he at least gave her the benefit of the doubt of saying, like, well, Mr. Hardy, in all his masculine wisdom, was not particularly adept at choosing rugs. Which I'm confused about, because wasn't the color scheme of the 1920s black and white? Uh, no. It was red and blue. If you remember in the first book, they talk about the cars and the penknife scraping paint. Oh, uh, I guess they red were and blue. red and blue. Okay, so I guess color... Uh, it, things oh, are red and they, blue, everything but... everything was dipped in dye. That's what it was. 
Well, everything was red and blue, but the camera technology made everything look black and white, which is why people make that mistake of assuming it's black and white. But really, the camera just couldn't no. reproduce red. Get out of town. It's a fun fact. I've seen the photos. Yeah, those are Kodak photos. Uh, and due to You're insider trading. Me that there was color before 1940 in the world there was red and blue oh and nothing in between yeah no purple that's what i thought no no greens no no magenta yeah yeah you watched that video about color from captain dissolution it's amazing it's a great i've watched it three times just how he takes the 3d the image of him uh to show how the waveform is created uh, like what it yeah. represents yeah and like rotates it around in space the, the graphics cool, yeah. are beyond impressive does this guy do everything alone yep My Almo- almost alone he, he has a few people um but he does all his own visual effects that's like how he how he came to be is by analyzing other people's visual effects and recreating them and stuff man that guy is good yep <sighs> i'll see if i can get him on the show to do a a talent segment during the Hardy and Sons live show. We just need to idea. start swinging for the fences. Yeah, just go big. Need to get. I, we need thirty second commitments from people. That's all. That's not asking for much. No. He'll he'll be willing to help us. Do you out. have Twitter? Me? Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay, me neither. I was gonna say we could tweet celebrities, but I'm sure there's someone who has a Twitter though that we know. Hmm. Well, tell you what, if you've got a Twitter that you're willing to tweet celebrities to get involved in our live show on September 14th, Monday, September 14th at 8 p.m. In our in a previous episode, we had said 7.30. It is officially at 8 p.m., 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific. Ooh. Then uh, if you want to get involved in helping us line up some guests, or if you want to be a guest, uh, or not even a guest, a star... Yeah, you're a star. Then uh, talk to us on the Reddit. I'll, I'll I'll post a Reddit thing about being a a guest. I like this and idea. Plus, it doesn't make it. us look desperate because we're not reaching out to them like, "Hey, we have a show." It's other people saying like, "Hey, I think you'd be really good for this live show." Yeah. But instead, it's us begging our fans to do the pathetic work for us. Yes, exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so- confidence. She says that she gave the rug away. How much did you get for it? I gave it away. Gave it away. Uh, and then comes to uh, to light that she sold it for $800, but it was counterfeit money. Very mm. similar counterfeit money to the five that the boys had uh, shoved on them. Some When someone pushed a queer on them. Yeah. Um, at the train station. So, uh, so then they go on this this hunt for... The rug buyer. He was a queer little fellow, very short and dark. He was a foreigner, you could tell by his appearance. He didn't speak very good English. Uh, I believe he didn't speak English very well is the proper English way You're of right. saying... Yeah, it is. <laughs> he don't speak English too good no more. <laughs> With swarthy... Uh, he, sorry, he was dark and swarthy. Once again, we've yes. got a swarthy criminal. You gotta have the swarth. With little keen black eyes. Ooh, little beady black eyes. Or do you think he was like punched on both sides of his face 
Oh, and that's he, a he good has two question. black eyes. Yeah. Uh, he came up to the front door and asked me uh, if I wanted to buy rugs. When I told him that I didn't uh, want to buy, he asked if I had any to sell. He said he was a traveling rug merchant and that he went from city to city buying and selling and trading rugs. What Do you think he scoped out this house looking in through the window to see what kind of rugs people had? I think if you're driving through Bayport and you find yourself at the corner of High Street and Elm Street, you're going to notice the towering, oh. the towering mansion with the gymnasium conversion. Uh, it's it, with the garage. That makes this is sense. a house that looks like it's going to have valuable things in it. I think if you're one of these swindlers, it's pretty easy to identify the houses that. Uh, that are going to have $13,000 rugs in them. The swarthy swindlers. They're kind of like the sticky bandits of the Hardy and Sons, or of the Hardy Boys books. Exactly. Uh, So, say, I mentioned that I had a rug that I might sell, and I told him I didn't think he could pay the price. He has to see it anyway. So, he comes, he looks at the rug. She says $900. She wants to get her money's worth. He says, how about 700 And she settles on 800 which I paused and thought, if you're paying with fake money, why not pay full price? Keep the illusion. What do you, what do you but still. No, she, she even says she, she looked at him and she knew this type of person. And she's like, I set it at 900 because I knew he would want to haggle. Like, that's what these types of people do. She well, said then she's something. a bad haggler because she should have said eleven hundred. Well, yeah, everyone knows that she's terrible. This is why. Go ahead, Sheila. This is why you <laughs> let a man handle rug dealerships. Let me buy your car for you, Sheila. You don't know the questions to ask. <laughs> so that is him coming in saying, "Yeah, she can't haggle." Uh, I told him that his price was ridiculous, seven hundred dollars. But he asked. Uh, but I asked if he had any rugs he wanted to trade for it. He looked rather dubious when I mentioned a trade and said that while he carried some medium-priced rugs, I don't know what that means, by the way, uh, <laughs> with him, he carried nothing that could equal the one that I wished to sell. He said he had them at his hotel. Uh, he had some rugs at his hotel, but the most valuable rugs were all in the city, and it would take a day or so before he could have them sent here. So he's got a pretty solid alibi. Uh, gives gives her eight hundred dollars in cash. Nice, but it's all worthless. Every single five and because he paid in all fives, right? Fives and what was the other? He gave me the money 50 in fifties and fives. Yeah, I would immediately be like, "This is weird." Yeah. No hundos. Or why even have five? If you've got fifties, yeah, why give me the fives? Did you have eight? Uh, did you have seven hundred dollars in fifties and then a hundred dollars worth of five dollar <laughs> bills? <laughs> you couldn't have swapped those out ahead of time. And again, you're a counterfeiter. You've got just an endless stream of cash. Yeah, this isn't tough. Just do straight. I guess he was just trying to make it seem uh, less fishy, which to me made it even more fishy. Right. Because I know when I pay in something, it's usually in twenties. You know, because I go to the bank, I'll. If I pull out $100, I get five twenties. So I'm paying in twenties. I only have cash if someone else pays me. Oh, I'm a cashman. And I, I would assume you are. Yeah. Here in the pandemic, I'm even more cautious about 
paying with cat. I don't want to. I don't want to handle bills if I can pay wirelessly that. electronically. Yeah, that's, that's more my style right now. Once I found out that the majority of twenty dollar bills have traces of cocaine on them, I just got addicted to them. <laughs> just a little gummer yeah. of a twenty. <laughs> oh, drugs. Yes, we've gone to drugs now. And yeah, the sad thing is this is the rest of the chapter, right? Just her talking about this rug? Nope, there is one other thing. There is. There is. So she's making inquiries, uh, and what's more, uh, she she called the police and asked them to to help find him. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they investigated and found that there had been no rug buyers staying at that hotel all week, nor at any other hotel in Bayport, so far as they could find. Uh, what's more, they made inquiries at, inquiries at the station and found that a man answering to his description had taken the early afternoon train out. Ooh. He took the rug with him, not only my rug, but a rug that he had bought from another woman in Bayport. So, two rugs, two swindles... Made it on the train out of town. Cops couldn't help. Uh, in fact, uh, if she had only been gone to the bank earlier, it might have been different. Uh, as it was, I got there only a few minutes before 3 o'clock, and by the time I got in touch with the police, and by the time they had tried to trace the man here and later found where he had gone, you know how slow they are. Classic. It was too late. Yeah. Police aren't going to be helpful. By the way, there's one other thing I wanted to go back. In the beginning of this, they're like, when did it happen? Oh, he came here shortly after you boys left for school, began Mrs. Hardy. It must have been a little before 2 o'clock. Why are you going to school at 1.30 in the afternoon? Does it really say that? Yeah, bottom of 154. He came here shortly after you boys left for school, began Mrs. Hardy. It must have been a little before 2 o'clock. Whoa. And then, and then what we just discovered is she doesn't make it to the bank until, uh, as it was, I got there only a few minutes before three o'clock, which means that this guy came a few <laughs> minutes before two. Yeah. And then she's at the bank with, within the hour. I don't know how much faster you could go. Good Lord. Like she's like, oh, if only I had gotten there, if only I gotten to the bank earlier. It might have been different, but when would you have gone? 2.45 instead of 3? I mean, yeah. She should have rode the slower horse, too. Could have been at the bank longer. <laughs> That's a, Honestly, this is where he's saying, this is Franklin just saying, you shouldn't always be privileged. If you are, your rugs get stolen. It's good for you. Yeah, you'll be at the bank longer. They peed on your rug, dude. <laughs> Old man said I could have any rug in the house. Uh, so they, the boys go to Chief Colleg. We'll, we'll, we'll go down. We'll have a chat with the police. Yes. Although I'm afraid it won't do any good because cops are useless in 1927. Correct. Uh, and these cops in particular, Chief Colleg and Detective Smuff. Yep. Yeah, you're uh, darn tootin'. You're darn tootin' Smuff's back. He's back. Yeah. They were Back in the in midst the New York of a group. game of Pinochle and were adverse to being disturbed. So they're playing cards at the police station. They don't have time to help catch this thief, this criminal, 
This Wait, is Pinochle a cards game? I thought it was when you interlocked hands and you like did something like that until yeah, someone said Pinochle. What game was I playing? Uh, you were playing interlock your knuckles and try to hurt each other. <laughs> Are you sure? Yep. I swear that this is what Pinochle is. Hold on. What's the game of Pinochle then as a card game? As the card. Well, all right. Let's. Uh... Oh, my God. Yeah, it is. Let me let me type in Pinochle. Let, let me type it hurts in. Hurts hand. Pinochle. <laughs> it's something. Also called Pinochle or Pinochle is a trick-taking ace-10 card game, typically for two to four players and played with a 48-card deck. It's derived from the card game Benzique. Oh, players okay. score points by trick-taking and also by forming combinations of cards into melds. Man. I'm telling you, I oh, played a, a game French deck, and you had to say pinochle whenever uh, you could whenever the pain. the pain was too great. Yeah. Oh, I'm aware of of that. I'm just saying it's also and first. Oh, so you did a play that game. game as well, pinochle. I'm aware of it. I didn't play it with any regularity. It wasn't good. How did you play it though? Was it like did I mean, you I'm aware. You see, or something. I thought you like place your fists and like you're just trying to knock somebody's. Oh, yeah, that was one, too, where you just hit each other in the knuckles, and then you also had the game where you had a quarter, and you you flung it at their fingers, and you had to put your your knuckles yeah. on the table. Why we decided that hurting ourselves and each other was fun. I don't know. Well, pelt was the know. most fun that I've ever had. What was? Pelt. What's that? So you play hacky sack, but if you drop it, or something like I don't remember how to play. It was in, like, fifth grade, but... Anyways, if you mess up, you have to go against the wall, and everyone gets to take the hacky sack and throw it at you. Oh, so we played Smacks Ping Pong, where if you lost the point, you had to pull your shirt up and face your back toward them, and they would get to smack, smack. the ping pong ball as hard as they can. It would leave these little these welts, awful little welts. Yeah, yeah, we played okay. that a lot. Yeah, okay, that's a good game too. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe we'll play that. Maybe we'll play we that live on the podcast. We didn't play ping pong much. We did uh, pickleball. Is that like ping pong, but with a pickle for a ball? <laughs> did you not play pickleball? No. I swear I've talked to you about pickleball. I I got nothing. Pickleball is uh, you played on a basketball court that was separated to look like a tennis court. So you have the basketball court and then you half that again into little mini tennis ball courts. And then you had those cheap, what are they? They're like little arcs with a handle and you throw balls with them. And then the other person catches it and they throw it back. Like high lie. What is it? High lie. Fastest game in the world. Could be. I've never played it. Let me, let me see if we're, they look like little Arabian swords from the movie The Mummy. How do you spell highlight? It's like I don't high. even know. I don't even know what that is. Highlight. Oh, pickleball uh, was great though. Well, you would have loved it. Pickleball. Yeah, see if that comes up. Pickleball paddle. Okay, pickleball. Yeah, there we Interesting. go. Interesting. Okay. Good podcast content. <laughs> yeah. Now I can it. get you bulk pickleballs, 100, 100 pack for $200. Do you want this? 
Oh my goodness, a hundred pack for two hundred dollars? That's expensive for a pickleball. Well, I guess we never we played I think with uh, wiffle balls. Okay, there it is. That thing. What yeah, is that this thing? Is, this is high lie. Yes, that's what we used for our pickleball. I'm starting to think we didn't play pickleball correctly, and they just said like, okay, we'll call it pickleball. Yeah, it sounds like you did things wrong. Well, hey, it was my school that did it, not me. Uh, there Coach is a Ford website called out. theworldofgourd.com. Oh, my gourd. Seems, oh, nice. Thank you. It's a fun website. This is cool. Yeah, there's a lot of sweet stuff on this site. Fun air scoop ball. Yeah. <laughs> scoop ball. Yeah, scoop ball. That's it. That's a fun I need game. to. I, I just don't know how to spell highlight. Well, do the Google speech. Scoop ball sport. Jai a lie. There we go. High. High lie. Yeah. This is the fastest uh, sport in the world. Where is this played? Uh, the UK, it looks like. Okay. How did you get that? Were you just judging how these people looked? Well, no, I see uh, something about the UK uh, okay. in one of these results. But, uh, yeah, apparently, like, the the ball comes out of this scooped gourd thing at such a ridiculous speed that uh, it can kill you. I don't doubt that. They're wearing helmets, too, right? Yeah, look at those. They look like polo helmets. Yeah, it's to keep you from dying. Listen, if you're going to play the fastest sport in the world, you better learn how to duck. I don't need no helmet. That just obstructs my speed, changes my aerodynamics. All right, we're going to have to look more into this later when we're not live on a podcast. <laughs> I guess that's true. The good news is we are we are almost done with the chapter here. So Yes, so Smuff they're is with, back. They're with Colleague and Smuff, and they're saying like, hey, did you find anything? And they're like, we're following up on some clues. But there hasn't been any more trace of him. Not a trace, corroborated hmm. Detective Smuff with a portentous frown. Ooh, a portentous frown. Of all frowns, this one is portentous. What is, is, is that the opposite of uh, pretentious? Uh, it's, well, you know how, like, if you're being pretentious, it's sort of, like, snooty and smug? Yeah. Portentious is that, but if you don't have money. Okay, yeah. Does that I'll make sense? That. Yeah, that okay. definitely makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, the, so Brett is pretentious and I'm portentious. Yeah, it's the, it's the poverty line version of yeah. being pretentious. I like that. Okay. Um, So the boys retired. Somehow they got the impression that the Bayport Police Department was not exerting a great deal of effort to try and capture the fraudulent rug buyer. The The, end. The end. What a cliffhanger. David, my friend. Shawnee. Thus concludes part 10 of the uh, comparisons. I believe this is part 10. This is part 10, or so yeah. says the duck at the top of my page. That was my guess earlier. It was a good guess. Thank you. I don't remember if we had done a, uh, a piece about Kevin, which would <laughs> indicate I was trying to you know jog my memory. Yeah. 
but I did a bad job. Anyways, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll say this was ten. Uh, I have nine, I think. Maybe, who knows? <laughs> who knows? This episode lost steam a while ago. <laughs> I think it's best to just pull the plug, call it a day. <laughs> pull the plug, yeah. Uh, You'll get it. You'll get there. Yeah. Um, you got anything? You got yeah, anything I do. to share with the class? Oh, well, I mean, I, I can help you out with the rhyme if you need it. Do I think it's your your turn. Oh, it isn't is it my turn? I don't know. I did a fart one last time. Or some Ooh. side of poop. I'll just do it. I'll do this one. You ready for it? Let's double check. Yeah, okay. We are. Um, I'll take it. I got this. I got this. I was just pulling up here. It is. This is part 10 that we're recording right now. Okay, thank goodness. Uh, Sean. Yes, David. So the boys, they're talking to Smuff and Colleague. But I really think if the boys want to get going on this case, they need to call on a real detective someone like frank drebin when they get to chapter 11 yeah i also changed it to 11 that's <laughs> fine no one's gonna no one's gonna make it this far <laughs> no well that is a a police squad reference the so, end enjoy <laughs>